You're listening to the Fire and Trainer Podcast, Season 4, Episode 4, published on September 27, 2022. This episode, we'll be talking to Yehuda Reamer from the Pew Pew Jew about engaging the Jewish community. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and sit back, relax, for this week's episode. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Fire and Trainers Association. Visit the website at ftaprotect.com, learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. All certified instructors can apply for FTA coverage. And remember, for listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the Concealed Carry Gun Tools app. The best resource for any firearm instructor and their students is also free. Available for both Apple and Android devices. Search your app store for Concealed Carry Gun Tools today and download this free app. Find maps, gun businesses near you, legal summaries, articles, videos, training logs in this podcast. Don't miss a beat on the industry. Download the app today. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor out there in America like you that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Yehuda Reamer from the Pew Pew Jew. Welcome, Yehuda. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Great. We really appreciate you taking some time with us today to talk talk about this uh, topic. Before we jump into it, can you give our listeners a little bit about uh, who Yehuda is and what he does? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Yehuda Reamer, and I run a brand, a Second Amendment apparel lifestyle brand called the Pew Pew Jew. And I actually write, began my journey into the firearms industry, writing children's books on firearm safety, firearms education, history of the Second Amendment for kids, and all fun stuff like that. Well, that's cool. That is uh, very interesting. Maybe we'll, get into, maybe we'll talk about branding in another episode, but uh, today we've got a different topic. Hey, our topic today is uh, engaging and community outreach outreach to the Jewish community as a whole, as many people know, and you don't have to turn on the TV and watch too long before they, there has been threats against synagogues, there have been attacks, there has been, um, uh, everything in the news, uh, as we've seen crime in big cities and, and around increase around, and part of that is a target of the Jewish community. But can you tell us what is the history? in the Jewish community around the second amendment and firearm usage overall? That's a very interesting question. And it really, I mean, you have to go real, really back in history to really delve into that because unfortunately there's a very uh, bad reputation that Jews have in America, that many of them are anti-gun. And in most cases, I would say that's true. They, they Jews do not like to be around firearms they are not uh, um it's the best way to put it many jews are pro second amendment but don't want to have anything to do with firearms and then you have a lot of conservative and, and when i mean conservative i mean religiously conservative not politically conservative but you have conservative jews and and um reformed jews who tend to be more anti-gun and of course I don't want your listeners to think that it's a blanket statement that all, you know, reformed and conservative Jews are anti-gun. But the history really stems back from kind of, I would say, uh, before the Holocaust. However, following the Holocaust and the influx of Jews immigrating to America, 
you had all of these people who have just been through you know this this horrible ordeal and all they wanted to do was kind of keep their heads buried in the sand and not have to deal with anything and coming to a place like america they didn't necessarily have to worry so much about cossacks or or pogroms or things like that but what they didn't do is embrace the second amendment they after witnessing the horrors of the holocaust a lot of them were just like you know what we just don't want to have anything to do with guns. Guns are bad. Guns are evil. Uh, and that is a very unfortunate approach that all these people took because you really do have the Second Amendment in America for a reason. And that's to protect yourself against tyranny, protect yourself against people who want to do you harm. And a lot of Jews in the 40s decided, hey, we would rather just keep our heads down and not embrace the Second Amendment. And of course, obviously, like I said, you, you can, this is something we can go a deep, dark hole going all the back to the 1800s. So, you know, why, why Jews vote Democrat, which I really believe uh, connects to why Jews are anti-gun in a lot of cases. But overall, it, it really stems after the Holocaust of them just wanting to do nothing, to have nothing to do with guns following the atrocities of, you know, all of the, the murders. Yep. Um, definitely. That was, uh, you know, a tragedy and, um, you know, I, I can see how that could really impact people's, uh, view. So when it comes to guns as a whole, uh, with it and, you know, maybe not, maybe they might not know exactly what, how they should feel about the second amendment. When you, when you talk about the Jewish community and the different sects that are out there are each, are they, are they, all view the second amendment the same way from your experience? Um, I mean, pretty much again, you know, I'm coming from the Orthodox side. So mainly what I've seen in the Orthodox side is that you have a, um, different tiers within Orthodoxy. And, and what I mean by that is not in terms of religious level, but in terms of the second amendment, you have your Jews who are anti-gun, right? You do have Orthodox Jews who are anti-gun who think that, there should be no types of firearms on the street. Um, and unfortunately, they also believe that only policemen, law enforcement, and military should have those guns. So that's that's a whole other issue too. But you have Jews who are just anti-gun. And then a majority of Orthodox Jews, and, and again, this is covering Hasidic Jews and, and other, other Orthodox um, Jews, I would say that the next tier up would be, hey, we're pro-Second Amendment. We just don't want to have anything to do with guns. We don't want guns in the home. We don't want to go to the range. We just don't want to do it. But if you want to do it, cool. We're, we're okay with that. The next tier, I would say, would be Jews who own firearms but are closet firearms owner uh, uh, owners. And... That is something that I've been trying to change because being a closet gun owner, well, that's nice. You're protecting yourself. But again, a firearm protects you, but the Second Amendment protects everyone. If you're not willing to defend the, the 2A, then it kind of defeats the whole purpose why you have a gun. And the last tier, I would say, are Jews who are vocal about their gun ownership and that. When I say vocal about their fight, you know, their gun ownership, I'm not talking about them, you know, hey, look, I'm a 10 millimeter shooter, you know, the, they, they have to tell everybody that they're, you know, they, they, they carry a Glock or a SIG or CZ, like they're not screaming like that, but
but they are people who are vocal about Jews needing to pick up firearms, Jews needing to learn how to defend themselves and getting involved with the Second Amendment, defending the 2A. Uh, that would be the next tier and probably the final tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's their view on it? Uh, is there a different tier for those that might support like concealed carry lifestyle and, you know, carrying it on a regular basis? So I, th- that's a great question. I think a lot of it would really depend on your location. Um, I know a lot of, I mean, I'm from Los Angeles originally, and, you know, I, I know a ton of Jews there who are like, no, no one should be able to carry a gun. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's ridiculous, but okay. But now I live in Texas where, you know, my rabbis are calling me and they're like, hey, high holidays are around this a corner. Are you going to be carrying your gun in synagogue? And I'll be like, I'll be carrying my gun and probably a spare as well as many magazines on me. So, you know, it really, I guess, depends on locale. Mm-hmm. It's, a different, it's a different mentality. Yeah. But by the different sects, they don't have, I guess, um, you know, religious orders against, um, you know, having firearms or CCWs, you know, those types of things. So, I mean, they, they probably do, but the overall consensus, I mean, we all follow the Old Testament, right? And then within the Old Testament, it says if someone comes to kill you, you can rise up and kill them first. So any rabbi who would come out and say, oh, there is no room in the the Torah for carrying a firearm, I, I mean, I would highly, highly uh, refute that mm-hmm. because there is room for self-defense in the Torah. It's actually an obligation in the Torah. Mm-hmm. Because that kind of goes into my next question, because... Can you describe some of the threats that you know that, you know, Jewish uh, uh, people slash synagogues have uh, faced that you're aware of? Um, I would say, I mean, there's been tons of, uh, in terms of threats, I mean, you've got people writing swastikas, you know, painting swastikas on the sides of synagogues and Jewish education um, uh, locations as you have people uh, calling in bomb threats I've seen. Um, and then again, you also have people being attacked. You have synagogues. There was one in New York where a guy came in and I think stabbed four people uh, last year at some point, or maybe it was even two years ago. Um, so there definitely is anti-Semitism happening. There is definitely attacks. There are definitely threats. And really the only way to stop it or, or at least curb the anti-Semitism is, you know, purchase a gun, train with it, um, really, really, uh, uh, live the mantra of never again. Right. Mm-hmm. I always say never, never again means nothing if you're not willing to do something about it. And really the only thing to do about it, you know, I, I get in arguments with other Jews like, Oh, we just need to lobby for more, uh, anti hate laws. I'm like, cause there's not enough on the books. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I think if you add one more that, Instead of 20 years, you'll get 25 years. I think that's really going to make them stop. And and isn't, you know, murder, killing somebody, you know, hasn't that been illegal for a long time? Uh, pretty <laughs> much since the first murder in history, when Cain uh, killed uh, Abel, you know, God, God definitely did not blame the rock. Yep, that's for sure. So those questions kind of led me to the crux of our discussion today. How can fire instructors, our main audience here, 
help the Jewish community and reach out to them to offer training, to offer educational events, um, you know, even, you know, medical trauma care, um, tasers, uh, uh, OC spray, all these types of things that the firearms or the trainers that are listening to this are not just one dimensional with firearms, but they have a lot of different things. And I think the Jewish community, um, uh, probably would be welcoming of it and at the same time it could be you know beneficial both ways for it how how would you suggest going about doing those so oh god and honestly the the best way is call the rabbi at the synagogue make it make an appointment with him explain to him hey we live in the area uh we're willing to you know educate train unfortunately something i've seen over and over and over again uh, our Jewish organizations, synagogues, educational institutes, what they tend to do is, oh, there's a guy in the community who was in the IDF, so let's go. He, he said he'll give training for free. And it's like, yeah, the guy was like just your normal soldier, you know, no, no real self-defensive training, right? And and this always gets me in a lot of trouble. But all these IDF guys who are who are doing training now, don't get me wrong, a lot of them know what they're doing. But these guys are teach, teaching you how to kick down Osama's door, right? These guys aren't doing self defensive training. Mm -hmm. 99.9 percent of the Jews that are looking for training nowadays are looking for self defensive courses. They're not looking to take these tactical courses to be the next John Wick. It just, that's not what they're looking for. I know personally, my synagogue had a SWAT officer come into the synagogue and give us a, a training, a two hour training session. And he was teaching us, you know, to cut the pie, clear the corners, stuff like that. And don't get me wrong. Is it fun? Absolutely. Right. I mean, these guys, the guys I went never have done it doing real CQB with live ammo, right? Like this was just like clear your guns and, you know, pretty much that's it. But like my, my issue with this training, as fun as it was, out of the 11 people who took this, sorry, out of the 12 people who took the training, 11 of them don't carry with a round in the chamber. I'm the only one that does. 11 of them, well, I wouldn't say 11, I would say probably, 10 of them don't even know the basics. I had, there was one guy who was carrying in his like five and a half position in his back and the holster had this big uh, claw on the back and it wasn't even a hook under his belt. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, for me, I, I've, I've talked about it nonstop with so many people in my community, but these guys don't need to learn how to cut corners. I, there was one guy who literally, even though even though we all had cleared our firearms, no magazines, everyone showed each other that, hey, there's nothing in the chamber. Obviously, you still follow protocol. You still follow the four steps. So uh, there was one guy who was in the Israeli army at one point, an older gentleman who literally had his finger on the trigger and he was pointing his gun. Um, you go do this. You go over there. You go over there. And literally pointing his gun at people and flagging everybody. And I'm the dangerous one because I carry with around in the chamber. So if instructors want to reach out 
they really need to make a very um a very real elevator pitch if you will it can't just be like oh i'm in the community and you know i would love to train you guys because the majority of orthodox jews always flock to the one guy who was in the israeli defense forces who will teach you how to you know maybe feel like you're doing self defensive courses but you're not and also it's the israeli carry mentality right they'll mm-hmm. tell you all not 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 to carry with a round in the chamber so it just comes down to it just comes down to um approaching jewish educational institutes rabbis of synagogues um and having and and you you need to approach them in a way that will say okay wow this guy really knows what he's talking about and he really wants to help that way they're not going to just turn to the idf guy who will be you know i'll do it for free you know give mm-hmm. me give me member give me free membership for a year and i'll i'll be on i'll be on the security team like i've seen that time and time again and it's it's detrimental it, it doesn't help the training mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't well, help them prepare you know, my, my hat's off to those that, you know, step up, you know, for the military and do military training or SWAT officers, things like that. But the one thing I always go along and, you know, remind people about, you know, even though you are a 20 year veteran, um, of either one of those, there is difference between civilian self-defense and law enforcement, you know, where they can go along and, you know, like put handcuffs on people and tackle them and do things and be, they can be the aggressor to stop something or the military to where, you know, we go along and just bust down the doors and whoever's in there, you know, we end up shooting them. I mean, those are rules of engagements and different things like that. But I think one thing too, that people need to realize that you've got the security uh, teams that might be at the synagogues, but there's also an opportunity there to help educate the uh, congregation about different things. You know, you know, the, the seven-year-old uh, grandma, you know, wants to get a concealed carry license and they need to go along and not, no, they're not going to be kicking down doors in any uh, shape. You know, they, they need to know how to go along, carry that firearm properly, safely, and also make sure, you know, what, what do they do and not do? Because I, a quote that people, uh, I tell people all the time that 85% of what the average citizen knows about self-defense and when you can and can't use, you know, for, comes from the movies. And we know the yeah. movies are horribly wrong with that. I mean, if you go up to somebody and it's like, yeah, it's, it's not your day and decide to put one more round in them just to make, you know, just to finish it off and save, save the prosecutor from having to prosecute that person. I mean, that's, a, that's a crime. And it's those right. kind of, those kind of things where, yeah, they look cool on movies and you go along like, yeah, that person got what they deserve. But in reality, you know, the law does not allow you to do that kind of, kind of, um, kind of cruelty to somebody even if it's even if they're a bad person they deserve their day in court no 100 percent. and and again that's why i i tell jews don't rely on the guy who's in the idf who knows who knows how to shoot right like it's not going to help you so for the instructors listening your best bet really is go to your local synagogue if there's a school do not knock on the door and approach that way that definitely don't do that Jews in America are on high alert every single day these days because there is nonstop anti-Semitism coming from every angle. So go find out what the local synagogue's name is, Google them, find, you know, 
99% of them have the rabbi's name listed and a phone number. And, you know, call the synagogue, call the school, explain to them who you are and, you know, say, hey, I'm available if you are interested. I'm here to help. We want to make sure that you're protected. You got to go that that route. Now, again, Jews like to stick together. So I've been trying to get um, some of my local people to start using. I mean, being in the industry for five years now and building the the brand recognition that I have and 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 building my 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 name and you know my my safety books and all of the things. I have built an amazing network of trainers across the country. And I'm like, guys, we can literally have some of the top firearms instructors in the country come and educate you. And they're like, oh, no, no, there's this guy that said he'll do it. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are all dead. <laughs> like, like, you guys are all dead. Like, if, 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 you're, if you're getting all of your information from a guy who's in the IDF who's telling you to stop carrying around in the chamber, you're dead. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, and they were in the military, what, 10, 20 years ago also. Look, even if they were in, even if, they were, even if they were in the military five years ago, you know, at the end of the day, just because you know what you're doing with a gun doesn't mean you're a good instructor. And even more importantly, you might be, like I said, you might be John Wick. Not everyone is cut out for teaching. Mm-hmm. You can be an instructor and an amazing instructor, but if you have bad bedside manner, you're going to be a horrible teacher. It's that simple. And I think that a lot of people tend to forget that, that just because, you know, you can get a shot off in 0.8 seconds from the holster and hit the target doesn't mean you can teach someone how to do that. You're yeah, good for you. You can do it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the patience, if you don't learn how to um, accommodate each person you're dealing with, right? I took my brother, my, my older brother um, is from Canada. Uh, he don't get, don't, don't get me started. He married a Canadian and I call him a communist now, but um, my older brother uh, is from, he lives in Canada and he was in Texas for the weekend. And on Friday he, he said, Hey, can you take me shooting? <laughs> and I took him, right? And it was great, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. I took, I, I, have a, I have a custom Glock from a company called DEFCON 3 uh, out in San Antonio. So he did some really great work that um, I have some issues with my, my, my shooting hand. I have some tendonitis. So he has this really cool um, double undercut that makes uh, everything, makes the grip a lot more comfortable. So he did some great work for me. And I took that out for him, and then I took uh, my my ten and a half inch AR pistol. Um, oh gosh! <laughs> oh yeah, well I took that. I took that ten uh, indoor range, and yeah, I was that guy, right? I was that guy who uh, for for <laughs> for an hour, I was that guy that everyone hated at the range. But you know, I sat down with my brother who had never fired any kind of rifle or a handgun before, and. I started him on the nine because taller than me. He's more fit than me. I knew he can handle a nine, but I've taken, uh, we have good friends in our community. Who's the wife is a nurse and she maybe weighs a bucko five and a uh, tiny little petite thing. 
Mm-hmm. And she called me up and said, hey, I want to learn to shoot. I'm not starting her on a nine because I know her. And I started off her, started her off on a 22. She had an amazing time and we're scheduled for our next appointment and or session. And she wants to go to nine. And if I started off with her nine, it, it, there wouldn't have been a second session. So my point is that you have to really know your clientele and you have to know who you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, if you're going to reach out to the Jews, understand that they are very territorial in terms of who they want to deal with and just don't, don't come off creepy. Don't be like, yeah, we want to train you and like, don't, don't get all, all, you know, military, or militaresque, right? Like we're gonna train you, so nothing's ever gonna happen to you. Like, like, dude, cool, cool your jets, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, just relax and and you know approach them. Say, hey, I've been doing firearms instructing for a long time, especially with self defense. I would like to offer you some kind of training. I will work a deal out with you so that you feel secure, um, that you feel safe. We can we can train your teachers. We can t- train the rabbis. We can train, you know, wh- whoever you want. Just, uh, just approach them like, as we call it, like a mensch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that that would probably any organization. If you're going to be approaching, it probably be better to approach them with a, you know, here's a useful product that I'm willing to work with you on, you know, to come up with prices and different things like that, but not go in there, you know, technically tactically cool to try to make them think that you know hey look look how neat i look in black pants and a black shirt and i got my tactical vest on when i come to talk to you about potential training i mean that's kind of uh over over the top and would probably scare a lot of people away not to mention i don't know if they would open the door to you either when you come to talk to them yeah and don't forget the oakley's um yeah but exactly <laughs> yeah but like i said you know just just approach them um don't one thing I tell people, uh, a lot of my friends who are becoming firearms instructors or, um, you know, what advice, a lot of people are like, uh, whenever I do podcasts, what advice would you give people who are starting to train people or getting, you know, doing instructing and, or, or not even that, even, hey, this person's interested in the Second Amendment. Check your ego at the door. It's a... We all know all those alpha males out there who are gung ho on being, you know, super macho and and just like it pours out of them. Mm-hmm. Check check the ego at the door. It's so important that you make people feel comfortable. And if you if you can't make those people feel comfortable, then you will you will fail as an instructor. It really is that simple. I've seen it time and time again. These people walk on the range and they think that they are God's gift to the human race. And like I said, they might be an amazing shot. They can do transition. They can, like I said, get get that shot out 25 yards, 20 yards, whatever, from the holster in 0.8 seconds, right? They can be mm-hmm. the next instru- instructor zero. But if you are a total a-hole, mm-hmm. you're going to fail. You're going to fail as an instructor. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, I'd like to point out to them that when you go along, there's a lot of things that look really cool, but 
take a quote from Tom Gibbons that most things happen with within three yards and three seconds and three shots. And yep. when you put that into perspective, um, you don't have to be necessarily the fastest, but you got to have the you got to have uh, the basics down for it. Um, you know, Dave Spalding, I've taken classes from him, and one of the thing he points out is if you got somebody who has a one second draw time and somebody else who's a two second draw time, I mean, yeah, you know, it's twice as long, right? Who's going to get shot in a, in a uh, you know shootout? You know, like in, in the OK Corral, they're both going to get shot because your body won't respond that quickly to actually know that you've been shot before you pull the trigger right. to shoot the other guy. And that's where keeping it on what you need to know and staying away from some of the uh, tactical cool stuff. That's uh, good. Good advice there. Very good advice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And everything I'm saying, by the way, definitely, uh, you know, expands to whatever type of instructing you want to offer to the Jewish community, whether it's a stop the bleed type of class or whether it's pepper spray training, all of that. I mean, all, all of that, you just check your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. yep. no, one like, no one likes that one guy who's egotistical. And if you're trying to relay information over, again, no one's going to listen and it's going to be a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. And there's a lot of possibility there between uh, you know, ha having the synagogue, rabbis, having the congregation, you know, schools, you know, uh, you know, the Jewish schools, you know, those are all possibilities where you could offer different parts, different types of training for different purposes for it. Um, you know, stop the bleed could be a great, great class for the school, because if a, if a kid falls down on the playground and has a serious injury, you want to know how to stop the bleed. It doesn't even have to, anything to do with, uh, you know, somebody being criminal or terroristic about it, but at the same time, offer those kind of classes to be able to know how to handle it and become kind of a resource for the, for the Jewish community. And then probably go a lot further. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, Yehuda question for you. Um, and our in season four, we've been asking all our uh, guests to recommend an annual event that instructors should check out and p potentially go to. You have one to recommend? I do actually. It's it's going to be very different than probably what anyone has told you. Um, it's not the NRA show. It's not USCCA Expo. It's not Shot Show. Um, I cannot recommend enough anyone in the firearms business. Um, I really cannot recommend this enough to go to the Second Amendment Foundation's Gun Rights Policy Conference. Uh, one thing that I've really noticed in our industry is there's a lot of people who are fantastic people, guys, girls, um, and they do training and they do, you know, all the influencers and, and YouTube personalities and Instagrammers and all that, but no one ever ever talks about the second amendment and i think it's a very important aspect to any any person who works in the firearms industry um and by like i said working in the firearms industry you can just be an instructor in your home little hometown of wherever and that still to me is working in the industry because you're doing instructing so um the firearm that's sorry the the gun rights policy conference is fantastic you have amazing speakers who truly believe in what the Second Amendment is, and the information is invaluable. And uh, I, I cannot recommend that enough. Mm -hmm. I would uh, I would second that. 
That's uh, it's going to be the first time in person since uh, 2019. And that you go there, you register, it is uh, completely free and it is yep. in Dallas, uh, this year for it. But you, the one thing, if you're not familiar with the Second Amendment Foundation, they're actually a lot of the, um, legal muscle behind a lot of the, uh, court decisions that come out. And most people don't recognize the name as much because they don't do the politic, political lobbying that the NRA does. Uh, they're more on the, on the legal side of things, pushing court cases on the local level as well as on the Supreme Court's level. And that's where the people that go to the Second Amendment Foundation um, conference, they're the they're the the minds behind you know what the Second Amendment means and how how we could potentially bring um, you know lawsuits or or just how we could go along and change laws so that more favorable and more um, enabling of people. So. Yeah, the Second Amendment Foundation is is truly, I mean, they're amazing, and and I wish they had better branding. Uh, I wish they had better marketing um, because uh, you know they can always use the money. People always ask me, you know, hey, where can you where can we send our money? We don't want to send it to the NRA anymore. And I'm like, hey, there's three gay organizations, but the one that probably needs it the most right now, who you know really does so much work without any of the fanfare. Right? Don't get me wrong. I've worked with the Firearms Policy Coalition. They have sponsored one of my books, and I am forever grateful for the FPC. And they are one of my favorites because they have they take the kitty they call, they don't even take the kitty gloves off, right? They're like bare knuckle boxes. They just go after it. And they don't care about anything, which I love, and they're doing amazing work. GOA is doing amazing work as well in terms of you know lobbying and and uh, legal battles. But the Second Amendment Foundation, they are the they are the they are the very quiet organization that has affected so many court cases, so many pro Second Amendment uh, legal issues, and no one's heard of them because they don't they're not into the whole fanfare, mm-hmm. and they they just keep their heads down. They just keep their heads down, and they literally are just trucking away everything and uh, yeah so um i do know that the the actually the gun rights policy conference is next next month in dallas uh, mm-hmm. i think if i remember it's september 20th 30th, 30th ah. uh, uh, september 30th to october 2nd i'm looking at it there right now 2022 in dallas texas for it and if you can't make it to the gun rights policy conference for some reason uh check out their website and think about joining because just as Yehuda talked about, they could always use uh, support. And if you look and see what they're actually doing, you'll be uh, very impressed. And that's yeah. probably the reason why they don't do as much fanfare because they put their money where their mouth is and uh, you know get the court cases to overturn. And I will be there uh, for for people. Um, I know people want to meet me. Um, I will be there uh, hanging out with uh, Alan Gottlieb and the crew. So I'm excited for that. And unfortunately, I'll be on a cruise coming back on that on that uh, Sunday. So I will not very, be there this year. <laughs> very tough life. Very tough life. Yeah. Well, it got bumped from it got bumped from New Year's uh, 2019, well, 20, 2022 uh, New Year's. Uh, so it's, I've got to get it in this year or else I lose my you lose my money. So it's got to go. <laughs> I hear that. Just one of those things. Well, hey, uh, Yehuda, uh, where can people find out about more about you, the Pew Pew Jew, and what's your, what products you got? 
Yeah. So um, basically across social media, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, Truth Social, which I don't even use, but uh, everything is at the Pew Pew Jew. That's P-E-W-P-E-W and then the word Jew and the Pew Pew Jew. Um, or you can go to my website, thepewpewjew.com. I have, think grunt style for Jews, but not just for Jews. Um, I have a lot of really fun stuff from hoodies and hats, t-shirts, mugs, patches. You can get signed copies of my children's books. Uh, you can get signed copy of my last book to come out that pissed off everyone on the right and left. And it's been fantastic. So the pewpewjew.com. Okay, great. And those will be in the show notes for those that want to uh, check it out, as well as link to the gun rights policy conference that we were just talking about. Well, Yehuda, I really appreciate your uh, time tonight and sharing how instructors can engage with the Jewish community. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thank you and stay safe. That's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found it enlightening and you can use some of the information that we talked about. Do you have a topic you'd like to talk to me about and come on the show? Do you know somebody I should interview? Or do you just have a topic that you want me to do a little research on and talk about? Email me all your suggestions to FTP at concealedcarry.com. You can also leave us comments on our Facebook page or on our website at firearmtrainerpodcast.com. And remember, at our website, you can also listen to all our previous episodes from the previous three seasons. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.